A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Wild Wild Tech is a brand new podcast all about the intersection of technology and pop culture. Each week on Wild Wild Tech, we will bring you the wildest, most bizarre, most interesting stories about technology and how it's shaping our culture. We found experts, journalists, and people who lived through these incredible events who will help us understand how technology is affecting our daily lives. Subscribe to Wild Wild Tech to hear about how the video game World of Warcraft is helping us understand the spread of COVID-19. Or how artificial intelligence is trying to break copyright law. Find Wild Wild Tech for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcasting app. Hi, Glory. Hello. So we just found out that Christabel, who was your babysitter for a very long time, um, died recently. We're not sure all of why, but we think it probably has to do with coronavirus. Just call COVID-19. Oh, or COVID-19. How are you feeling about it? I'm fine. Um, when it happened, when we heard, you were, like, such a rock in, like, teaching us how to think about her. And you had some really great ideas of how we could celebrate her. Do you remember what they were? Yep. Can you tell me? Uh, making making my favorite recipe that Christopher made. Mm-hmm. How did I do? I tried to, I tried to remake it. How did it go? It was good. It was good. You, you replicated it. A replicated it? Yes. Yes. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, but I like Christmas. But you were a little off, and I like Christmas version better. Stand up, and Hello. My name's Nilika Radway, and this is Raising Rebels, a podcast about oppressed parents raising free children. Today, we are talking about parenting from a distance and how we stay connected and involved while raising our children and we can't be in the same space all the time we are joined by my i mean you're like i don't know you're like my like you're like we would be god brothers but like if i got to choose who my god brother was gonna be do you know what i mean like your parents choose your god brother but if i got to choose my god brother you'd be like oh this is my god a matter yes, of fact from now on i'm going to say asadla that's my god brother i love it because all the context is what people would anyway so Welcome, Asadla. Thank you so much. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, I am black, queer father. Um, I am born and raised in Jamaica, Queens. And my parents are Jamaican. My family's Jamaican. I'm first generation born in the States. Um, I just gave a speech at the UN. Oh, hell no. No, it wasn't a speech. <laughs> okay. It was introducing a film. Okay. Um, I mean, I think, like... Okay, I said some words. Some words came out. Okay, okay. No, it was about... uh, I had the opportunity to work with the Women International Forum at the United Nations to hold a screening, and I got to introduce a film and advocate for filmmakers and how they're doing so many things. They're journalists... They're accountants, they're 
directors, uh, storytellers, uh, and they hold space for their protagonists um, to take care of people. So they're doing so many things and just like how it was the first UN screening I knew of that my documentary series did. So it was, yeah, it was dope. But I forgot to ask you, um, how are you feeling right now? I'm feeling grateful. Mm -hmm. I have community every everywhere is how I would mm -hmm. uh, like to believe mm -hmm. uh, and what feels true for mm -hmm. me. So mm -hmm. that is something to be grateful for. I am feeling giddy. Yeah, I feel like hey. like a tummy hey. or something. Like if you touch my tummy, I will giggle. Um, so, <laughs> um, tell us about your lovely children. So the question I heard was, "Tell me about what your you lovely think, children." But I heard, "Tell me what you think your children would be comfortable with their daddy saying about them <laughs> on a podcast." Yes, that's fair. That's fair. <clears throat> that's fair. Nothing. You can just say right. I have them. That's fine. That's fine. No, no, no. I think uh, I also have that conversation with mm -hmm, them. Like, mm -hmm. I said what I said because, mm -hmm. um, no, but I think my children are beautiful. They're like, they're beyond what I imagined, you know, in terms of their personalities, them not being and feeling of this era. Like, they feel like throwbacks. Like, people are like, oh, you got those old school children. Like, <laughs> they have manners. And yeah. no, but they're, they play, you know, they're, they're kind. Mm -hmm. uh, and they're challenging me. Mm -hmm. They're all going through puberty. And wow, at the same time. <clears throat> yeah. Wow. Like, okay, okay, okay. You know, 12, 14, 16. Whoa. So, Whoa. <clears throat> okay. All in denial, you okay, know. So, okay, I'm okay. like, Okay. Okay. That, that I'm like, this is why the elders and the babies have to get together because for sure, sometimes the denial of change, mm -hmm. you know, because it's mm -hmm. it's so present. Mm -hmm. I think in those stages of mm -hmm. life on the on the body mm -hmm. and and the psyche. So it's like a lot happening, right? And then you're told that you're in these very specific roles. Mm -hmm. So I think my children are they. I wonder how the role of what it is to be a black child mm -hmm. that sees yourself continuously getting killed. Mm -hmm. What does it mean to be a black child that sees the quality of what you get in your communities, your schools, your homes are impacted by racism, mm -hmm. by, uh, you know, the changes in the environment mm -hmm. and seeing the world literally on fire mm -hmm. and then having an entertainment center in your pocket mm -hmm. um, and you having this weight of having a discipline, you know, that mm -hmm. can strip your childhood away. Mm -hmm. So I think my children, like Joy, is very much at the center of what I want to experience with them mm -hmm. as mm -hmm. a black father. Um what do they like to do together? Uh, they like to roller skate together. Interesting. Yeah. That, they are throwbacks. Yeah. Right. They are definitely throwbacks. I'm like, well, maybe I like that. No, we, we all like it. <laughs> you all like it. We all like, That's all like great. it. That's great. They look forward to it. Uh, and it's fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
So today, when I was thinking about this idea of parenting from afar, and for many of us, um, that's just a reality, whether through the ending of a relationship and moving and living in different spaces. Sometimes it can be you're right in the same room with your child, but because you're working so much or you're just disconnected, you're like your brain, your mind is somewhere else, not present. Um, for me, a lot of times it's like I'm moving, like I'm doing things, I'm at festivals, I'm, I'm traveling and my children are like with my mother or like in other spaces or even the idea of when they go off to school during the day. There's a way that we're, this idea of parenting afar, from afar is happening to right. all of us. And in thinking about it, um, the thing that came to mind for me as the parent is this idea of like being forgotten. And that feeling of being forgotten. And so I asked you to do a recollection. And the reason we do recollections is because when we're parents, we very much think of ourselves from as an adult and how we think about things from adult. But it's really important to tap into who we were as children if we're going to really unpack it and move forward. And so I asked you to try to remember a time where you felt forgotten and pushing back as far as you possibly can. Um, can you share your story with us, please, Asadla? Uh, yes. So I think the time I felt most forgotten or the first memory I have of it is looking inside my United States history book um, and looking for people that look like me mm -hmm. and the students around me mm -hmm. and the people in the community of the school and my family mm -hmm. and myself and looking for black people and literally going straight to the index to look up the word black and then realizing mm. that I had to look up the word slaves. Mm. And that's where the most pages were, mm. you know? Um, and I think I felt forgotten of like, this country doesn't see my greatness, mm -hmm. but they want me to remember the greatness of all the white faces, mm -hmm. right? So, yeah, I think that's where I felt most forgotten because it was, I'm in school learning about a history that only sees me as enslaved mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. that's the part they want to highlight mm -hmm. of my experience, mm -hmm. you know? And, you know, from jazz to the traffic light mm -hmm. <laughs> to, you know, the things that to labor, you know, it's like, I think to do all of that and to give all of that and then to not be remembered or seen as worth being taught about, mm -hmm. that was like that erasure was where I most felt forgotten. It's so interesting. I mean, first of all, who were you as a child? <laughs> like, I'm going to go to the index. Okay, but um, that makes... I'm not nah, surprised at all. Um, when I thought about being forgotten, I also thought of school um, mm. and something very specific. I definitely during, you know, grade school, high school felt very seen for the most part. Um, but there was this moment in seventh, I can remember like to this day, um, in seventh grade where, and I might've, yeah, so in, oh, 
so interesting. I told this story, but a different part about the story, but this is another part of the story. But anyway, when I was in elementary school, I went to Catholic school and I kind of like had a teacher. I can, his name is Mr. Zamperlin. He might still teach at that school. I do not remember any of my grade school teacher's name except for this, this teacher because I really, really admired him, um, really like liked his class. Um, I can remember him sitting on the desk. He always wore these really, really tight pants, these really, really <laughs> tight gray pants. Um, nice. And, <laughs> and I just, I just remember just feeling like he, this, this dude knows me, this white teacher, you know, middle school teacher, like he knows me. Um, I kind of like had jobs to do in the classroom and all these things. So one day we got in trouble as a class and part of getting in trouble in Catholic school was to be quiet. Like, you know, you got to sit in the room quiet and the teacher leaves the room and everybody's supposed to sit there and just be silent. You know, like that was, it was like a test. Sometimes you also had to put your head down. I took that test too. Yeah. I went to a Lutheran school from K through eight. Be quiet, sit here. You're all in trouble. Don't say a word. So prison real quick. Yes. We're going to like, yes, yes. And so I was like, I was that kid. Like I was, um, for the most part, going to follow the rules. You know, like I was right. going to stand there, sit there, yeah. be quiet and all of that. And so I had a really good friend throughout elementary school. Shout out to Suzette. Um, we're in the middle of class, like be, we're supposed to be quiet. And she called my name or something. Like she tried to get my attention. And I turned around to like, I wasn't even going to say anything. I think I turned around to like shush her, like just to let her see that I knew that she'd call my name, but not like to kind of tell her to be quiet. I might even told her to be quiet. I may have done that. And as soon as I turned around, Mr. Zamplin opens the door and he's like, Malika. No, he didn't. This, I'm sorry. Cause I have, <laughs> I'm getting emotional right now. But, so yeah, at the time I, so. I had the job of writing the schedule you I mean, were working. Yeah, I was. Wor- I didn't wow. see it that way, but thank yeah. you. But I felt like it was a privilege Gaining that I got skills, to do the work, and right. he didn't have to. You know what? Anyway, so I had the job of writing the schedule, and he opens the door, and I had this rival that I spoke of in another episode. Her name was Heather, and <laughs> he opens the door and he says, "Heather, you'll write the schedule tomorrow." And the whole class like gasp, like. <gasps> <gasps> And I remember, I remember so much fucking drama, right? And so I remember feeling like he knows me, like, or I thought you knew me Mm. and you forgot who I was. Like all of a sudden you don't, like, why would you think that I was talking? Like what, like, do you not know me? And it took about a week. We had like some kind of assembly. He came up to me after and gave me this award because I like, I don't know, I must have got good grades or something like that. And he said, like, I was very disappointed in you talking during class. Like, I know you're a good, somebody used to say, like, no, you're a good student or da, da, da. And I remember the feeling I had was like, you don't know me. You actually don't know me at all. And you just like, was never the same. And on top of he not, him not being the same in my eyes, I feel like I also internalize some level of like which happens to a lot of black children i imagine of like there's no room um Mm. and so when i think about this parenting from afar and the reason why being forgotten is something that 
comes up for me or I was thinking about is that idea of um, I know my kids know me. Do you know what I mean? I know they know me. We spend so much time together. I know they know me. Um, But when I'm not in their presence, what aspects of who I am or what I want for them do they remember? Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like are still part of how they function. And then also, yeah, do they remember me? And so... I guess I want to start with giving some context. So you right now live in a different state than your children. Tell us about this. So I live in Brooklyn. My children live in Detroit. Mm -hmm. I used to live in Detroit for about six years. And I decided to move back to Brooklyn. Mm -hmm. So, um yeah, I discussed it with my children, discussed it with their mom, mm-hmm. uh, made a plan. So I get there about every six to eight uh, weeks, mm-hmm. uh, sometimes 12 weeks, and it's sometimes four weeks mm-hmm. we see each other. It changes, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and it's it's a challenge, and it's also... You make it beautiful, mm-hmm. you know. You make you build connections at times that you are together in person. Mm-hmm. It's so sacred, mm-hmm. and it you know makes so many powerful moments. And I think knowing that you have to stretch this moment across uh, stretches, mm-hmm. miles and miles, you know, hundreds of miles uh, from of land from each other, it's it's challenging because you want to see your children as much as possible, mm-hmm, or at least mm-hmm. that's what I want. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also is thinking about everything, the from the financial picture to and where the opportunities are, um, also where you're, like my family's in New York, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. their mother's family's in Detroit, and mm-hmm. I think it's... You know, we are also close to our families. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then our children are our family, too. Mm -hmm. And uh, but, yeah, it's it was definitely a conversation and an agreement. So feeling solid in that and the process that I Mm -hmm. that I, you know, Mm co-built with my children and their mother on living out of state Mm -hmm. again Mm -hmm. uh, was it was a process Mm -hmm. and a conversation Mm -hmm. and I intentionally wanted to make it together and didn't come and say like, I'm going to do it no matter what. Mm -hmm. So get with it. Mm -hmm. But how would you feel about it? Like, what could we do to make sure we are connected and that I'm being supportive in your lives and, you know, providing for them. It was never a question. Um, But it's also like, how can I get, yeah, more money to provide for mm-hmm, them as mm-hmm, well? So mm-hmm. that was a part of it. Mm-hmm. How did they respond? They were like, we love New York. We want to be in New York more. Really? Like, we love our family in New York, you, grandma, like, their cousins. Like, they... So the feedback you got was, like, really positive. It was positive. They were like, we didn't even tell you to come here. Like, it was on some... <laughs> Like, you know, they uh-huh. actually have good memories because we 
lived apart before, mm-hmm. you know, um, mm-hmm. for about, uh, I don't know, two years. So you lived apart in the same city. Two, three years. Before you moved to another state. We lived apart. I was in Brooklyn. They were in Detroit. Then oh, I moved okay. to Detroit. And okay. then I came back to Brooklyn. So I lived. So the with, first time you moved to Brooklyn, though, they were young. We were in Brooklyn. And then they moved to Detroit. Oh, got mom. it. Got it. Got it. And then you moved to Detroit to be <clears throat> near them and then moved yes. back to Brooklyn. Yes. Got it. Got it. All of it makes so sense. It All of like it's making sense. All of it's making back sense. Back and forth. What do you think is the hardest part about, for them, about living in a different city than you? Um, I think the hardest part for them is to have like two homes mm-hmm. again in the same city and mm-hmm. to have frequent access to both places mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because it's just like they found it fun. I sometimes found it exhausting, <laughs> you know, or mm-hmm. I felt like they were like being ping ponged between my mm-hmm. house and their mom's house mm-hmm. in one week. You know, mm-hmm. and like pack that bag, mm-hmm. and you know the book bag is packed with pajamas and books and mm-hmm. lunch, and mm-hmm. so feeling like like literally seeing them carrying more stuff on their back, mm-hmm. right, and feeling like they are taking, um, like they're taking a certain weight. You know, mm-hmm. and you think about how it's easier to stay together mm-hmm. for the, you know, mm-hmm. what your understanding of a family has to look like. And just the fact that you have two adults um, being able to unite in some way mm-hmm. to hopefully both be available um, to support and listen and learn and grow, you know, with their children. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, there's a certain unison. And I think, yeah, seeing the weight that they had to carry, um, I I think that's a part that of, that's a burden, mm-hmm. you know, of feeling guilt feeling like Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. understanding it and then being like that's life but Mm -hmm. also like again to be a black child that has um a certain set of a certain set of trauma Mm -hmm. that is inherited Mm -hmm. you know it's like to see them inherit more trauma Mm -hmm. and think and you know trauma, but also difference. It's just, mm-hmm. um, it's radical in some ways. You know, mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, in terms of working towards radical honesty. Mm-hmm. And but yeah, I think that's my answer. You said a lot. <laughs> you said a lot. Um, and what kind of resonated with me is this idea of like guilt that you feel that I feel that I imagine a lot of parents feel around the choices that cause the parenting from afar. So it's difficult to parent from afar, but also when I decide, you know, I'm going on a vacation that I don't want to take my kids with, I kind of want to do this or I want a long time or I want to go pursue this, you know, project or whatever it is. I 
am choosing that. And whatever is then left for my kids to hold because I'm not with them, um, I feel guilt around. And one of the things that happens often is that how whoever they're with is going to parent them the way that makes sense for them. Right. So the way my mother, that, that's the primary person they're with when I'm not with them, um, is going to parent them is going to be different than how I would be parenting them. And they have to figure out how to code switch between how I'm par- they're used to being parenting by me and how now they're being parented by my mother. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes it even happens between like if I'm out the house and my partner is with them, like that always is happening around like I'm, you know, they're trying, they're having to figure out how to be parented by me from afar because I'm the constant, but also be in this different environment. Um, And I wonder for you, like, how do you feel your children do with that, like, level of code switching? Uh, I think they do well with it. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that is a strength that they get from having parents that live in separate homes, Mm -hmm. you know? Uh, They get to be flexible. Mm -hmm. And so there's certain skills that they get from having an alternative, just their own unique experience. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so I think code switching is something they embrace because they see the good in both Mm -hmm. sides. Mm -hmm. Um, Like they, Mm -hmm. there's, I think there's joy present and I feel like I'm the less... I don't know if it's less disciplined, but I'm, I am queer and I want, I do believe in queer parenting, Mm -hmm. you know, and I'm always thinking about how to. Okay. You gotta explain. What do you mean when you say queer parenting? I think, so I think being a queer parent and queer parenting are different. And I think I do queer parenting to me is um, a queer parent is you know you're queer and you're a parent is my definition Um, but you you know you have children and parent could be in the broad sense Mm -hmm. of like you know making sure children are well and and caring for them Um, being responsible but being Queer parenting, I think, is when you are exploring alternatives of, you know, white kind of patriarchal structures to think that you're bringing someone into adulthood. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. uh, being able to accept uh, how your life has changed and you have to go off script, Mm -hmm. like being this you know, cookie cutter or, you know, man, woman, child and children, that setup may not be for you. And mm-hmm. and I think getting even getting your children to see that as their reality is is wildly uh yeah, different. And it and you're talking about sexuality, mm-hmm, you're talking about mm-hmm. all these different things and it, you don't always have to talk about that if mm-hmm. everything is kind of um, conventional. 
Yes. Mm-hmm. So when they're with you, they get to like, they're queer parented. I don't know. Maybe when they get it with their mom too, you know, mm-hmm. I feel like I'm not there to witness it. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. all the time, but I do see them, mm-hmm. you know, being taken care of mm-hmm. and growing and healthy mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and loving. Yeah. How do you surrender? Because I do feel like for me, part of that thing of like when I'm parenting from afar, there's a level of surrender and trust that I have to have in, or I do have in the person that is like on the ground. You know what I mean? Like who's on the ground with Mm -hmm. them. And I often think about like school settings and how for most parents in this country, they are parenting from afar at least six hours of most days. You know what I mean? Because their child is in the care of someone else who often they don't know. They surrendered because they don't have another choice, but the trust isn't necessarily there and shouldn't be in many ways. Um, And for me, often, you know, I have to like trust the person that, and I do, it's my mother usually, um, Mm -hmm. who is in care of my children. But then the surrendering is much harder. That makes sense. I mean, I tried and think I was going to do it. Um, do you ever wonder how I chose Christabel as your babysitter? Yep. Do you think I did a good job in choosing Christabel as your babysitter? Yep. What made it such a good job? She's a good cook and she's nice. It's really hard when you're a parent and you're not going to get to spend time. Like you have to be away from your kids for some time and you're trying to figure out who to like whose care they should be in and picking people that are going to love them and take care of them even when you're not there. Um, and I'm really happy that we got to have Christabel in our lives for some time. Anything else you want to share about Christabel? Nah. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 's like is you know I'm at dinner somewhere or sitting on a beach somewhere or like at some film festival somewhere living my best life right. and my phone rings yeah and when my phone rings and it's my kids I generally answer the phone I want like I'm that parent um and so I answer the phone and it's very often now my youngest mom you know very like everything it's always urgent. Like, it's always, they're like, they just get on the phone when she says my name. is like, the house is on fire. Mom, you know, it's, it's always urgent. Mm-hmm. Um, and she is calling on me to be parented from afar because she does not like how she is being parented mm-hmm. um, on the ground. Um, and there's a way that 
when I'm parent like when I'm parents from afar, from afar, I want it to be as easy for whoever's there as possible. So easy for the kids, easy for my mom, easy for the community in any way that I feel like I can do it. And so I'm like, I'm gonna my my brain goes to okay, let me do this. Let me get into parenting here so that the other people don't have to hold it. And what I've learned or I'm learning is that the, that just doesn't work. <laughs> like that's that's actually not helpful to anyone. Yeah. And is counterproductive <laughs> and isn't really good for me either because I'm not there and whatever I'm doing, I can't engage in and I'm going to be. And if I trust the people who I left my child with, um, then I have to trust them. And it doesn't mean they're going to get it right or wrong because there it really is no right or wrong, um, but that they're going to do it with love. And it's really, really hard. Um, really, really hard. And I wonder, well, do you have any stories of like getting the call when you're somewhere else and they're like, I need to be, I want to be parented by you because what's how I'm being parented here right now, or like just how I'm feeling right now in this space um, doesn't sit well with me. And how, or ha- have you been able to surrender? Yeah, uh, that's a great question. I think, how have I been able to surrender? Uh, so, my children have primarily lived with their mother for much of their life, mm-hmm. you know? So, they are used to, I'm used to surrendering mm-hmm. to that uh, from going from all of us in the house to now having them a third of the time. So I find that a lot of um, male partners have a hard time with that, whether they're together or not, like surrendering to the authority of the mother. Do you know what I mean? So even how you've been able to do that, I think would be like, I'm curious. Surrender to the mother? To surrender to the court agreement? Well, uh, <laughs> no, I well, mean, I mean you, did you know what I mean? Like, like yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. that's that's a big thing, you know, like it's when you surrender to a process of mm-hmm. there's a breach of trust mm-hmm. and now we need an accountability system. Mm-hmm. And in my case, there was definitely uh the court system mm-hmm. and family court system mm-hmm. and there was the community system mm-hmm. you know I think the uh, the space to have mediation facilitated by our village that oh, wow. was that's amazing yeah that was that was critical and so it and it but the surrendering does come in like if you feel like like you know, things come up if you don't, if you're not a part of every decision, mm-hmm. which you can't be. Mm-hmm. And there's a trust or surrendering and being like, I can't be a part of every decision. Mm-hmm. But my children are very happy, you know, with their mom. So mm-hmm. they haven't come to me with, you know, I mm-hmm. want to be with you right now. Mm-hmm. Um, like they very much look forward to seeing me, but it's not like, get me out of here. Mm-hmm, you know? mm-hmm, but like mm-hmm. I said, you know, stay ready mm-hmm, is what mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I'm just continuously working towards. Mm-hmm. 
So um, in terms of, yeah, even picking places to live that have enough space for Mm -hmm. them and just like Mm -hmm. how they're always with me, even Mm -hmm. literally like having extra rooms for them in my home is, you know, things that I've done. And that's, you know, a financial Mm -hmm. surrendering, Mm -hmm. it feels like. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. So having to assess all of those things Mm -hmm. and and then breaking apart what is ego, Mm -hmm. what is actually real, Mm -hmm. and what is best for the children. What is best for the children, yeah. And considering all of these things and not... um, Because in surrendering, it's like you surrendered like punk ass. Like Mm -hmm. it feels like Mm -hmm. there is some judgment and mm-hmm. you know somebody was like how was work today and you're mm-hmm. like I surrendered it mm-hmm. was it was a day you know <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. it's not empowering so I think I the work is to not frame it as a surrender but as like a being affirmed that you have mm-hmm. other people in your children's life who mm-hmm. love them so mm-hmm. much mm-hmm. and putting them in the care of those people. Mm-hmm. And if both parents have that understanding, like mm-hmm. people have to have a certain level of love present mm-hmm. for our children to be with them. Mm-hmm. That is a standard that can be, that's best for the children. Mm-hmm. So I think too, if you've made, you know, you feel confident in the choice you made that led to them coming into existence. Like the, the choice you made in a partner and you like, even if we don't agree, even if I can't know all of the things, the right. idea of that surrender is, I think, comes, is much more possible because you can actually trust yourself. Do you know what I mean? Like, like yeah. I chose well for you, even though I can't be there mm-hmm. um, in so yeah, many ways. That's definitely there. How do you stay connected when you're apart? Uh, we stay connected through phone calls mm-hmm. um some phone calls happen at 7:30 in the morning when mm-hmm. they're like dad I'm late for school can mm-hmm. you order me a lift mm-hmm. and I'm like okay <laughs> like you're and they're painting the picture of them at a bus stop mm-hmm. you know in front mm-hmm. of the gas station in mm-hmm. Detroit and early in the morning mm-hmm. and I'm just like it's freezing I'm going to order yes. that lift. Yes. and like wake up earlier tomorrow yeah, you know yeah yeah um, but, but yeah, I, I like that. I do that sometimes too. I order food. It's not like Lyft per se, but it's like mm-hmm. I order food when I'm yeah. far away. And sometimes my oldest too, she'll be in a space. I'm like, yeah, how do I get home from here? So I'm like on the phone giving directions. We have like these tracking devices so we can see where we all are at the same time. Oh, wow. The whole family, we all in it. And it's a way that like when we're in different, like we're apart, mm-hmm. we can just check in and we know where we all are. And the kids are often like, I feel like you, you're you holding me because I know you know where I am. Wow. Even when I don't know where I am. <laughs> like, like sometimes like, where am I? I was like, let me look. I Oh, I know where you are. You're on the oh, corner of 14 wow. and, um, you know, whatever. And they're like, okay, good. Because I didn't know. And those are ways I wake, I mean, technology yeah, it's like you know, it's it's it's, it's so good when we can find those spaces. Um, but it definitely helps with all of that. Yeah, I believe their mother had that app for them. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but it's interesting because I'm like, why didn't I get it? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I don't have enough space on my phone. But no, I should have. I should have mm-hmm. rethought those priorities. Um, it's not too late. 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 That's why. I mean, I didn't really think of it as an option, but it totally is an option um, to see literally where. Yeah. They are. And how, I think it's how does it make you feel? Do you feel like I'm definitely in charge? Like I know, like how many times do you have to ask them why are you there? Oh, never. Okay. I've never, never. I mean, you know, they're they're not. My oldest is 14. Like, but I've never seen like, what are you doing there? No. And I think also there's they know where I am too. Right. Like we're all on it. So no, they that can level see, of transparency is like wow. I mean, I know. I'm like I know. I don't know if they <laughs> need to know. I every think that there's ways in which place I'm at. Yeah, it's okay. It's like everything is not for everybody. I'm just no, trying to I'm, share I'm thinking what, yeah. what kind of person I am right now. You know? But <laughs> uh-huh. I think that there's so much, especially with like teenagers, this idea that they're going to sit and have an hour conversation with you on the phone is not going to happen. Mm-hmm. And it takes so much time. Like, you know, when because of how it functions when you're in space with them, when you get those like moments of like real authentic, like sharing vulnerability, intimacy It's yeah. happening. Like we just said, like when they're on a toilet or some shit, like or when um, we've been spent, we spent the whole day together <laughs> and I'm about to like run to the store and then you want to tell me your whole life story. Like that's how it happens. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's like it's true for adults, too. But it, I think it's really true for teenagers. Like you got to catch it. It's mm-hmm. not like gonna you can't bring it. So there's a level of consistency that's necessary so that you can like catch it. And so things like knowing where we all in are or like group texts or like check-ins and all of that just allows for the consistency. So even when I'm a far front like I'm far away, I might still be able to catch it. Right. Um I definitely use a technology, but the texting we do it, but they're so short. Yes, yes. Like, I'm saying jokes. I'm giving mm-hmm, details. Yes. And they're like, good, yes. <laughs> no, not yet. And I'm like, okay. Like, this but is. But you know what you are? You're a phenomenal for- photographer. Mm-hmm. What? You're a phenomenal oh, thank you. photographer. You've sent me. I'm I mean, like, wait, am I getting paid for that? No, no I'm not. Okay. you're not. Yeah. But you're phenomenal. Thank I mean, you. many things that we're great at, no one was paid for. I know. I just had to think, like, no. wrong person. But Podcasts, no, you're talking you know, about. Like that. Yeah. But I've what I want to say. Captured moments. Yes. You can send pictures, images. Yeah. Yeah. Things yeah. you know, like, there aren't in, like, ads No, we totally images. do that. Yeah, so dope. I'm like, this is a train station you used to yes. go to for your film program. Like, yeah. check it out. I think um, all of that has meaning. And like with our children, I think something because you're, you know, there is a I don't want to say I don't know how to say this. That wouldn't offend people. But um, my father was not in the home and there is there are many um, black people, people of color who have grown up without up one of their parents in the home with them. And there is a way in which how we've stayed connected, like how I felt connected with my father in particular was the consistency of like his presence, Mm -hmm. which wasn't like all deep. And it's just like, I knew I was going to see him consistently. And so it gave me some solace. And I think that for many like parents who become absent for different reasons, there's like 
you fade out because it's not filling you or you don't feel like there's a recognition or you don't feel like what it's supposed to feel like or how we're supposed to be connected as parent and child isn't happening or it's hard. And so you kind of fade out. We're really the consistency when you are parenting from afar is so incredibly important and allows your children to know that even though you might be physically far, emotionally, you are connected, you are there. And Mm -hmm. I think that what you describe with your children and the work that you're doing to maintain those relationships, like that's the stuff. And it is hard, right? Because you don't necessarily get the instant gratification or the feedback loop of like the hug or the look on the face or like all of those things that feed you as parents that isn't like directly like, oh my goodness, you're the best dad ever. You know, like it's more of like, you just know that they ate, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. well, you know, like, you know that they are like functioning and moving the world or you just get to see them. You just get to feel their energy. Um, When you're far, you don't, you can't have that. And so you kind of have to figure out how to feed yourself in order to like continue the connection. And so I want to say thank you so much for sharing your story with us. Was there anything else you want to share that I didn't mention? Um, there was, I'm sorry, I meant to ask. No, I think it was about being absent Mm -hmm. and, you know, and just that, that word, I think number one, the, you know, I have a friend that mentioned the importance of values and building community and thinking about our own values and how we want to show up when we have you know, people in people in our air, this, you know, a court system that mm-hmm. has certain guidelines mm-hmm. around, you know, visitation or how often you see your child. Mm-hmm. Or mm-hmm. I think it's important to, you know, check on your values of trust, of community building, of, you know, even surrendering. And, but most of all, like checking your ego mm-hmm. and knowing that, like, people really love, like, your children. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Uh, and that there's something, no matter what the world, because the world, the world doesn't always celebrate children, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I think to, to realize the joy that children bring in the world and the community response, and this is my experience, the community response to... Uh, protecting your child and like looking out for your child. Um, absent, the word absent is triggering because mm-hmm. that's exactly what it could feel like mm-hmm. being a parent that's mm-hmm. far away. Mm-hmm. Like the reality is Forgotten. like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And the, you have to work on building that relationship mm-hmm. and making sure that you are listening to your child. Like sometimes I have to check myself of, am I giving a motivational speech every time I'm speaking to them about, <laughs> you know. It can be tempting. It can be tempting. Yeah, it went from it like, how how did your day go to like, why didn't you do that in math? Mm-hmm, why didn't you mm-hmm, da 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 And the I other- I got that th- feedback recently. Really? Yeah, my oldest, um, who I'm often, like I said, the youngest calls. Right. And Gloria calls and she's like, 
they're not doing this. And then I get on the phone with Blue and I'm I'm like preaching to her about how to be a better person or how to mitigate the situation. And she's like, yeah, you just make me feel like it's my fault. You know, like that's not my intention in that moment. But if you're going to preach to me versus hearing or being in process or like allowing me or trusting that I got it, you know, because you're not here. Right. <laughs> you know, right. you're not here. Right. Um, shut up. But you know, she went to it. But you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. you can't. So I hear you. Yeah, for sure. You're like, I'm going to give an even stronger speech that you'll remember because yeah. I'm not there. <laughs> yes, you know? yes. And then it's like, wait, that's my ego talking. Mm-hmm, like, I mean, mm-hmm. so, but um, just saying that, um, yeah, the reality of the word absent and like making that word be um evolved into mm. into present mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. 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 and i think that's mm-hmm. that's where so much harm is done where children feel like their their parent wasn't present mm-hmm. and Mm-hmm. If you can find ways to be present even when you're absent. Or even when you are physically there. Be present when you're present. Mm-hmm. Be present when you, yes. you're present, I think, is definitely really hard now, too, for parents. Um, yeah. Yeah. So many distractions. So many distractions. But, yeah, let's let the love center us mm-hmm. um, and the joy and the gratitude that we have for these beautiful babies coming through the world yes so thank you thank you (laughs) (laughs) this podcast was produced by domino sound why not just get together and live in one love and one identity you know rebel in the morning rebel in the evening too Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.